sweated blood for these men, given up my wife, my children for these men. I've given up everything I have for these men. Podcasts is all that matters to me. Because it's pure. It's safe. Life isn't. Any given Tuesday, a legend will fall. I need you to lead this team. ML. I'll be there for you. I am not re-signing. Sean Windsor. No matter how great he was. Cap helped build this franchise, which you benefited from. Don't you give up on me. You're like a son to me, Sean. I'll fight for you till the day I die. You ask in Iraq, get your question out of my face. It's gone. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You have to qualify them, though. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? It's so good to be with you, my dear friends. We thought we would try something different today on ML Soul Detroit. We thought we would have a prominent and popular and successful sports writer from the Detroit Free Press on the show. Many people said, I thought you did that every week, and I said, no, we have Sean Windsor. And, uh, and, and Sean's wife said, you got that right! Actually, my wife just sent me a, a photo of a bunch of chicken bones picked clean on top of the recycle bin, and we were wondering how the hell they got up there. You know, we put them in the trash, so we're thinking, did a raccoon get in there, pick them clean, and just sort of leave them for us? You know? I think that was uh, that was Lisa Bonet and Angel Heart you're thinking about. Okay, okay. If some guy named Louis Cipher shows up and offers you a deal, just <laughs> just pass. Just Okay. That's, that's a that's, great reference that hardly anybody knows. That's a no sale. That's uh, Well, he doesn't reference anything before. What, when was uh, that? Like the 86, Angel Heart was in the late 80s? Uh Mickey Rourke still had mostly his own face at that point, so do, it was quite a while ago. Do people even know Mickey Rourke anymore? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mickey Rourke. Dave has, by the way, never seen a movie. So Dave Burkett yeah. from the Detroit Lions, uh, beat writing for the Detroit Free Press, yes. uh, Freep.com, also known as uh, The Morning Friendly. Yes. Okay. Well, we're going to get to Dave in just a minute. We also have a special guest, a gentleman who helped me celebrate my wedding anniversary on Friday. Um, he has uh, free, what does that mean? Jeez. He has free vehicles that will transport you from point A to point B. And uh, after he asked me how long I'd been married, and I said a hundred years with no time off for good behavior, I said, "How fast can you get one of those free vehicles over here to uh, to ferry me to safety?" So we uh, we will be talking in just a minute to Damon Dickens of Guest. Um, carts, which are available in downtown Detroit. You may have read about them in the Detroit Free Press. While you're sitting there waiting for Uber or Lyft to finish delivering all their DoorDash, which they seem to do more than delivering humans from point A to point B, Damon is on the streets trying to get you where you need to go. And we're going we're gonna to talk to him a little bit about how that is going and uh, just how fast you can go on one of these one of these little uh, buggies when you get in them. But first, uh, I want to tell you about a ride that's not free, but it's worth every penny, especially if you can get somebody else to pay for it, which is what I do now because uh, I- I'm unemployed and, and my wife uh, is the only one making money. Damn, I should have thought of that before I started talking shit on our anniversary. <laughs> I'm so stupid. Anyway, um, if you're looking for a new ride, may I recommend Royal Brian Ford in St. Clair Shores? They are uh, 75 years in the business. Uh, you want to take that right track to Nine Mile and Mac? They will hook you up with new, used, 
leases, all kinds of rides. You want a Bronco, you want an F-150. I think they probably even have the E-Mustang, which is 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 pretty, pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, even in that funky blue color. Um, they will they will help you get the ride you've been looking for. You can go to their website, royobrien.com. That's R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com. Check out Fast Track while you're there. It lets you choose your vehicle and options, but that's not all. You can pick your deal. You want to lease, finance, or pay cash. That would be nice, right? Um, get the value of your trade-in, apply for financing, and even schedule delivery of your sweet new ride. When you go to their website, Jesse will be there to help you uh, navigate the site. If you go in person, they have a friendly, helpful, and professional staff that will put you in the ride of your dreams. Go to royalbrian.com to find out more or dial 888-566-5851 or just walk in the dealership. It's right there at the corner of Nine Mile and Mac. It's a lovely modern showroom where they will take care of you. And when you get there, make sure that you tell them ML Soul of Detroit told you to get there so that they could take care of you. Yeah. It's probably a quicker way to say that, but uh, but you know, just let them know we told you to go there. And by the way, the M over my shoulder, there's supposed to be a big L next to it. I don't know what happened with that. Mark's messing around but uh oh yeah i forgot how much the block him bothers you he's still uh he's still orgiastic after chelsea won the champions league uh by the way nobody else knows what that means we'll be (laughs) talking about some real football later with dave but first let's let's bring damon and damon so uh you know i see these crazy little driverless carts tooling around downtown that i think dan gilbert or somebody had out there and now you're the new kid on the block. Tell me, tell me where you get these rides and and and, and what know, are they? How'd you get into it? Yeah. Okay. Um, gas stands for Green Easy Safe Transportation. Um, they are electric vehicles. Um, we are a free ride share transportation company. Um, we're similar to Uber and Lyft, where if you're downtown in the Corktown, Midtown, Greetown area, let's say for instance you're having dinner in Midtown and you want to go to the Riverwalk. Um, just to do a, a quick walk around and enjoy some time with your family. You would go on the app and we'll um, come pick you up. You put in your start location, your drop off location, and we'll pick you up, drop you off there. You can also um, rate your driver also. Now, um, the reason that it is free is that it's paid for through sponsorships. Um, so basically, let's say you um, have a business. So let's say you're the Detroit Lions or so. Um, or a, a failing podcast to be another business you could well let's just say you know ml reddick let's 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 use your name okay so let's say you um had a business you wanted to wrap the cart in your brand so let's say your face your name um whatever you wanted to wrap the cart in um you would wrap the cart in that and we would go all throughout the downtown greetown area and people would see your brand um with the sponsorship that allows us to give free rides out to the uh residents and the visitors that come down to the city of detroit how much do these carts cost? I mean, they look pretty big. I can't imagine they're cheap. No, they're not. Um, we're actually a franchise. Uh, we're in Cincinnati, uh, Chicago. Um, we're launching in Denver um, and Seattle and Charlotte later on this year. Um, so I seen the concept and I said, wow, that I definitely work in the downtown Detroit area. So I went in to Cincinnati to take a look at it and see how I worked. And I brought the franchise here um, because I know this was prior to the pandemic, of course, um, when, you know, I wanted to be a part of the uh, new beginnings with the downtown, the comeback of the downtown Detroit area. And I wanted to bring some uh, entertainment value and also bring some jobs too. Have you ever had Arnold Schwarzenegger get in the back of one of them and say, take me to Mars? 
<laughs> no, but that, that, that's an interesting no, question because, you know, being free, my first thought is, okay, how are people going to abuse this? If, if I left the Lions game, could I get a ride, I don't know, to Lansing? I mean, how far? No, we can't go, how we, far we can't can go, go that far. Uh, we're just going to be in and around the downtown, core town, midtown, eastern market area. So, like, I'm glad you brought the Lions up. So, we know that there's a lot of tailgating going on in the eastern market on game day. So, we're going to be fixated in that area um so we're going to be transporting um uh, uh <coughs> excuse me, we're going to be transporting the guests that's going to be going to forward field to check out the game back and forth um you know we've really just been waiting on the state to open up um we did launch on opening day but of course you know it was only so many people that could get to the game so we did do some transportation in between uh the park and the parking lots so what did you do before you decided to get into this? Because this, this feels like a, a pretty big gamble. And then you do it just before the pandemic. It's like, damn. Right. Well, we initially we were planning on launching. Um, we were going to launch on the auto show when the auto show was going to have their um, opening weekend on the river. Because remember, initially we were going to, they moved the auto show to the actual mm-hmm. river front. So we were looking to uh, open up launch then but of course with the pandemic and everything that shut everything down so we have been going through some restraints due to the fact of uh the the timing of everything but um we're going to keep pushing through because we know it's a it, it is a product that we think would definitely work in this area um because we're, we're we're bringing free rides to the city but we're also allowing corporations to get their brand seen i mean let's say you advertise on a billboard on michigan avenue okay for example the only people that's going to see your brand is people that drive down michigan avenue and we all know people everybody does not drive down michigan avenue but if you advertise with us Everybody in the downtown, court town, midtown, great town area will see your brand. And we all know you have people from all over the state and all over the country that may be coming down to visit that will see your brand. So I believe we offer a unique way of marketing your business. Hmm. Do you guys ever get into like drag races with the Dan Gilbert carts that are down there? <laughs> no, they uh, they stopped running this year. They, they're not running the electrical okay. ones. So you, I mean, you, uh, you took uh, them autonomous, out. I'm sorry. You finished off Dan Gilbert. No, we won't, we won't go that far. Now, I would love, I would love to wrap a cart in the Quicken Loans Rock, Rocket Mortgage brand. That would be, that would be great. Um, they do have a lot of billboards downtown, so you know we're, we're we're definitely open to that. And I really feel like each sports franchise should actually have a cart. <laughs> the Lions should have one. The Red Wings, the Tigers. You know, um, it's a great way for you know to transport the fans and also just for um, you know for the brand to get out here. Well, we, we feel they should all advertise in our podcast. If you have any luck with that, we're going to need that <laughs> secret sauce when you, uh, next time I run into you at the Ivy, but, uh, <laughs> all right. Damon, tell folks how they can get one of these rides. Do they go 24 hours or do you start at a certain time and cut off at a certain time? No. Well, right now we're just running, um, Thursday through Sunday, um, from four to eight on game days. We do extend the hours with the, uh, stay opening back up. As of today, we're going to, we're looking into extending the hours based upon the volume that we see downtown. Okay. And, and how do people, how do people book a ride? Do they just flag you down or they go on they social can download, media? You can't hail us down. You can download the app, uh, guest carts. Um, also you, we do do rentals also. So you can rent it out for a couple hours. Let's say you and a couple of your friends wanted to just ride around downtown, take out, take in the site, sightsee. Um, enjoy your beverage, um, do karaoke. Uh, we have all that on the cart also. There is a fee for that. For our hourly rentals, there are there is a fee for that. And let's say you wanted to bar hop and you didn't want to, you know, 
keep moving your car. You can rent us for an hour. We can take you here and take you there and bring you back. So, um, you know, the, the method for that would be to contact us on guestcarts.com or you can give me a call directly at 313-770-2273 or you can download the app and catch a ride. Hey, real quick, what kind of cars are these? Like who makes these things? These are electric uh, electric vehicles and yeah, there but, are six passengers. But who makes them? Polaris. Okay. Oh yeah, the snowmobile yeah. guys. Yes. And the missile yes. guys. Yes. So can you get one with some, missiles on it in case those Gilbert like guys hours. come back? I'm sorry. I said can it was you a bad get joke. With, Don't worry about with it. Polaris <laughs> missiles in case the Gilbert guys come back, you know, just sort of <laughs> little James Bond action. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Yeah, I told you it was a bad joke. You didn't need to worry about it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh well Damon Damon Dickens of Guest Carts, thanks for coming on the show. Hopefully we will see you downtown. I know if I'm going down Michigan Avenue, I probably will need a ride from point A to point B. Um, definitely. we appreciate and, uh, you having us on. I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, no, we want to support, uh, we want to support small businesses and, uh, and we are Detroit residents. We're born and raised Detroit. And they emphasize go. that we are born and raised Detroit citizens here. And we just, like I said, we want to bring uh, value back to the city. Detroit taking care of Detroit. It doesn't get much better than that. Damon, thanks very much. And we will probably see you downtown at some point. Thank you. You have a great day now. Hmm. So we go from Damon to David from, uh, a, uh, an endeavor that still has some hope of success to an endeavor that has no hope whatsoever for success at Detroit oh boy, Lions. Nice segue. But, but David, David gives people hope. He's been writing about those old lions and people are excited about the lions. And, and I just, I don't understand. What a terrible setup, Dave. <laughs> uh, you know what? I mean, look, I can't blame ML. I can't blame you, man. It's there's, there's, for years, there has not been reason to be excited, right? So, uh, but maybe there's a first time for everything, huh? We'll well, see. It's a flat out, it's a new regime. I mean, doesn't that provide people hope? Yeah, yeah. No, look, I honestly, I, I think Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, new quarterback, new, I mean, it's a blank canvas. It's a fresh start for everyone. And, and so I think there there is reason for hope if you're a Lions fan that, that maybe maybe this thing is is finally on the right track. But Man, we are just getting out of the station, so there's no telling where this thing is headed. There, there's, there's a lot of work still to be done. How different is it dealing with uh, with the new guys as opposed to Patricia and Quinn? Uh, <laughs> there's a little smirk <laughs> on your face. A lot yeah, easier, no, I take I, it. Uh, no, I mean, it's it's early, right? They haven't played a game. So, I mean, Matt Patricia at this time, you know, four years ago or whatever it was, three years ago, I, I think most people thought, well, maybe not this time, I guess, maybe a month before this time, because this time was when he was still dealing with uh, reports of, of his, his sexual assault uh, mm-hmm. charge from when he was in college. But before that, things seemed like they were going to be hunky-dory with him in Detroit. So uh, let's give it time. Let's see what happens in the fall. But uh, no, look, I mean, I, I think the Lions have brought some good people in, in Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes and, um, you know, but it's about getting the right players at the end of the day. You got to get the right players, the right quarterback. You got to do things right on the field. And we won't know if that's happening until, you know, we see the results come, come Sundays in the fall. Dave, kind of keeping with this theme. And I know you and I've talked about this uh, a lot the last, uh, the last few months, but do you, do you buy into the idea? Do you, you play stock in the idea that culture change can make a difference? I mean, obviously it is about the players, but you know, we, we saw the letter from Sheila Fort Hamp, the owner of the Lions, last, was it December, uh, yep. to to the staff, to the folks in the headquarters in Allen Park about how 
She kind of wanted a, a different vibe in the building. We saw how much she responded to Daryl Bevel when he was a temporary, not the temp, interim head coach, especially after they beat the Bears. And she commented about all that laughter coming out of the locker room that that's what she wanted. Do you think that matters in, in any way? I do. I, I think just in general, right? Think about it just in, in the everyday, you know, walk of life that, that you and I and everyone else lives, right? When, when you when you work for a boss who treats you well or a company that, that treats you well, um, I think that helps, you know, people be productive, helps you get the most out of yourself. And, and so I do think that can have some impact. Now, that's not going to lead you to a Super Bowl. Uh, and ultimately, you know, you're going to, you know, if, if you don't experience success on the field, then, you know, you're going to turn around and scratch your heads and say, what are we doing? You know, who are we playing for? So there's that element, you know, absolutely comes into play at some point. But I do think that a culture change, uh, a change of scenery for, you know, Stafford, maybe that helps him in LA. Maybe it helps fans here appreciate him. Maybe it helps, you know, them appreciate the new quarterback, whatever the case may be. I do think change can be helpful and it can be good in a lot of ways. Dave, when I was at Michigan State working at the State News, one of my colleagues, Ricardo Cooney, covered, I think it was Michigan State women's uh, tennis or maybe it was men's tennis. And at that time, unlike now, and they're pretty good, they were day year in and year out, the worst program in the big 10, just horrible. And the coach had been there for a thousand years. And every time Rico would come back from a match, it was always the same quote. You're like, well, we're digging deep and we're hoping and we're working and we're, you know, and it was just, I just, I Rico was such a, such a uh, effervescent guy. And I just thought this must drain his soul. And I wonder, you've been covering the Lions for enough regimes. Do you find yourself when the new one comes in and there's all the hope and all the hype saying to yourself, oh my God, how, how do I, how do I take these people seriously? Or do you say, you know what, until they prove that they're, they're as bad as the last guys, I'm going to, I'm going to help them spread a little pixie dust here in, in our fair city. Yeah, look, I, uh, I'm working on the book of bad football, I think, right? I covered John L. Smith at Michigan State and Rich Rod at Michigan. And <laughs> John L. was misunderstood. First, yeah, I love John L. I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro with him. So it was, he, was, he was great people, but it was bad football, you know? And my well, first they, full they, year on the Lions beat was 2008. Right? The kids played their hearts out. The coaches screwed it up. That was the difference. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bam. Um, no, look, I, I, I think um, – I think you have to give people, you know, a, an opportunity when they first come in and uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know that there's any, there's no part of me that says, ah, oh, these guys don't know what they're getting into. Right. Every, I think there are so many different ways to win in the NFL uh, in, in so many routes that you can take to success that, you know, just going the same path or a different path or, or having, uh, you know, a, someone who comes from the same coaching tree, none of that, None of that matters. It's all about what happens, what, what this regime does, what these people do going forward and the people that they bring in. So until they until they prove differently, you have to give them uh, the benefit of the doubt. I always get exhausted um, by people like ML who just hate the Lions, don't want any part of them. And then there's the group that are like, I'm Lions free. And then they tend to watch every weekend. Um, in your writings, have you seen, are more people clicking on it? Are people just, is it the same level of interest or are two people... Are, do they wane or are they waning right now? No, that it happens every fall, right? People yeah. are super optimistic. Ah, oh, this is the fall year, this is the year. And then, you know, by mid October, everyone's jumping off the bandwagon and then mm -hmm. they come around again in the spring, right? Oh, we got a new offensive coordinator, a new coach, a new GM, whatever it is. Oh, look what we did in the draft. So, so it's, it's definitely the same cycle every, every year. <laughs>
No, I'm I'm more concerned about Dave as a human being because I I wonder wow. it, there's yeah. there's if you like science fiction there are these things like the Forever War where people are bred to fight a war and then they die and then they're regenerated and they go fight the war again and then they die and they're regenerated and they re, they fight the war again and because they're regenerated they don't really capture that much of the past experience but sometimes it seeps in and then they lead a revolution and then all the slaves oh are freed. God. We get but, it. We okay, get the sorry. comparison. But uh, but I just I, I there's a there's a part of me that wonders whether you know every every time there's a new group come in that it just gets harder and harder to sort of fight that war and say you know I want to be fair I want to give these folks a chance to prove themselves. Well, there's new stories I want to, to believe cover. that good things it's, can happen. Oh my God. Sorry, well, Dave. There, he's trying to get I you to cut your wrist. One is no, no. I'm I'm concerned cut. about so. And speaking of how long you give somebody. It, Sean's in year two of a open-ended contract. He's looking for an extension. Uh, I, I don't I'm know like, about that. How long do you give somebody a chance to prove they can win? So far, Sean's yeah. uh, plan for winning is we get the other guys to forfeit. One nothing's a win. <laughs> it All right, so look, uh, on the Lions thing, I mean, yes, I, I please. Think part Sean, of it what are you doing over there? Troublemaker. Yeah. Part of it is, you know, as, as a journalist, you, you guys understand this, right? That there are new stories to tell. And so that's, that's refreshing. And, and, but part two is, and, you know, Sean said, I can cuss on this is, is I, I think I have a pretty big, you know, don't give a fuck quotient about me. Like, I just don't, I mean, like covering, this is a job, right? It's not my life. So I, as long as my kids are happy and healthy and, you know, I get to spend time with them. Like nothing that the Lions do is going to bring me down. I'll tell you a story. You know, we, we sat down with Matt Patricia, you know, one of the very first he's hired and he had little, um, you know, sit downs with every single beat writer. And one of the things that Matt Patricia said to me in that one, and I, I and I'll never forget this because I think this was a big part of his downfall was, and you know, he, I mean, probably asked, they were, they were 15 or 20 minutes long and he talks forever. So we probably got like three questions in, but one of the first things he said was, you know, I got all these plans and I'm going to have you guys in. And, you know, I know you're a Lions fan. So I want you to, you know, understand what we're doing. And, and I, I couldn't stop and be like, no, 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 no. I'm not a Lions fan, right? <laughs> this is my job. So I don't, it doesn't matter to me one way or another, whether you win or lose or succeed or fail, like I'm still going to do my job. Certainly it makes my life easier when you win, but that doesn't prevent me from, from doing my job. And so I don't think Matt ever really understood that, or maybe it took him a year into the job to understand that just because you're the Lions coach, it, that doesn't matter to me, right? I'm going to cover you how I'm going to cover you based on the merits of what you do and, and everything that, that you're about. And, and so, you know, that's really what this is, is, you know, maybe people out there don't quite understand either. Like I'm doing a job and win or lose, like, I should be happy at the end of the day because, you know, I got a couple of great kids at home and I enjoy my life and, you know, everything else that goes with it. And, and it must be convenient knowing that you only have to work 16 weeks out of the year. <laughs> yeah, 18, right. 17 games now plus. Oh, the no, no. But yeah. also look every January, you know, you have a coaching search, a you know, coordinator search, a GM search or something going on. Draft. So, you're at the draft. No, Dave's working like 89. Free. I don't know when you do see your kids or coach your your girls basketball team. Uh, I understand he's undefeated because you're working a hundred hours a week, but no, but getting back to that theme real quick, Dave. And again, we've, we've, we've talked about this, uh, sport as a fellow sports writer, not nearly as uh, gifted as you, of course, or Carlos Menares. I mean, we got to drop his name here at some point, fellow, uh, freeper. In any case, uh, I get that question all the time too. Do you, do you, do you root for the team? What I root for is, uh, or a couple things. One, I like teams to win because it's better for, for the free press, right? Because we get more readers. 
People are more interested. They, they they will hate read after a loss only for so long, and then they check out. So so we like winning for that reason. And two, you know, we live in the community, and it's nice to see people uh, get a little boost when when one of the teams goes on a run around here. And I, you know, it's because we're we're not robots. We're so we may not be fans at the games, but but it is nice to go to the grocery store or whatever and and see a little pep in the step when when somebody goes on a run around here because it's uh there's a psychological benefit to that. Do you do you have that same sense or a similar sense, Dave? I, I was I, glad I, we got to a question. <laughs> I, well, knew no. that, I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sean today. I love it. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that's fair. I mean, again, you know, it's I, I think it's easier to cover a winner because, you know, players are more apt to talk in the locker room and there's more going on that they want to share about their lives and, you know, off the field and, uh, you know, shoot, I, I've never covered a long playoff run, you know, but but I, I would much rather be covering that in January than, you know, going through a, my fourth coaching search or whatever it is and writing stories on 10 different candidates that they're interviewing and only, you know, uh, a, a very small portion of them see the, the light of day because I'm just getting ready for stories that, you know, player people that they will never hire. So, um, yeah, I uh, I would I think there's definitely some benefits to covering a winning organization. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reporting on the team, no matter what happens and writing about the, the people involved, no matter what happens. And that doesn't change. So you got to the free press to cover the lions in 08. That means you have had four coaching searches and you, and you sat down with all these guys. Who was uh, your favorite coach to cover and maybe uh, your least favorite? Uh, so I started the freak in 2010, just 2010, so everyone knows okay. out there. 2008, I was at the Oakland press and I did that, that season with, with Rod Marinelli. Um, but no, to your point. Yeah. Look, uh, well, he wasn't a Lions coach, but my favorite coach to cover was John L. Smith. Probably. I mean, he was, yes. you know, he was unique and colorful and I like that. You know, I don't, you don't need to be all about football for me to, to enjoy talking to you and, and, you know, writing about you and telling your story, you know, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro with John L was, was an awesome experience. So, um, that was my, you know, he was probably my, my favorite coach to cover. And were my you least at favorite, the state news you know, when honestly, you did that? Just the people that don't give me access are my least favorite. Let's just leave it at that. Were you at the state news when you, uh, covered John L? I was, uh, at the, uh, Oakland press, I guess was probably why I did that. Yeah. Okay. And they, they had the budget to send you out to Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> so this is what happened. I, I asked John, you know, one day I said, Hey, you know, he was going, I don't know. You may remember this. ML. he was going to, uh, Africa to go on a safari with his family. And he was going to, um, you know, climb Kilimanjaro with his boys after, and they opened it up for donors. And so I asked him, I said, so what do, you, what do you think if I come along and do it? And he was, he gave me the cowboy, like, yeah, come on, let's do it. And, uh, so I, you know, I asked my boss at the Oakland press and they didn't want to spend the money, but they said, if I found someone I could freelance it for that, you know, I was more than welcome to do it. So I did it for ESPN, the magazine ended up writing something for, for the Oakland press too, but ESPN, the magazine paid me a healthy enough, um, you know, stipend as a freelancer to, uh, to make it worth my while. That's the kind of resourcefulness you need to cover the lion's beat. So before we move on to less important topics, John L Smith, wife doesn't have cancer. He has a good place kicker. The coaches don't screw it up. Ends up being one of the most successful coaches in Michigan State history. True or false? False. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, who cares? You had one better. There was a lot going on there, but I just, you know, I I don't know. I I like John L as as a person, as a coach. I thought, you know, maybe there was. uh, It's sort of like the Rich Rod thing to me, right? That maybe just the stars didn't align the people in the 
the building weren't all, you know, the right people. Um, and I think you need that to, to be successful. So I think John could have had some success, but not more than Mark D'Antonio had. Well, dur- during 2006 at the Super Bowl, I, I saw it all. Uh, so my theory was always, if I was a, a player and I sat down with Dower Lloyd Carr or dynamic John L. Smith, I'd go to East Lansing. Yeah, you're not biased at all. And I was, uh, I was sitting, um, I was, I, no, I was, I was covering the Super Bowl for Channel Four, is whatever. I just I, on the street. Lloyd Carr walks by. I was like, Coach Carr, Coach Carr, hey, hey. John L. walks by in his cowboy boots with a kid who I don't know, maybe it was Alex Smith. It was some young guy. Nobody but me noticed him. He was, yeah. it was, he was as invisible. As a street sweeper, and I thought, we are in a lot of trouble there in East Lansing, but uh, that's the way it goes. Actually, Mark, Lloyd Carr was not dour. He was, not at all. He he's was fun gonna, and dynamic. Gonna, and oh, yeah. He just was that yeah. way at press conferences. No, I'll t- I'll t- you know what? And we're going to talk about press conferences here in a second. But I'll always, I'll always, I've always said this about Lloyd. He's a lot like D'Antonio. And the other side sees him as being this grumpy asshole, but... All you ever hear is about the sense of humor there. And I know Lloyd's got a great sense of humor. He brought Russell Crowe to the podium one time I was there at a state. Do you remember that? They'd met. I don't, he went to Australia to help him out, coach an uh, Australian Rules football team or something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Russell Crowe shows up. We had Gerard they're, Butler. They're palling around. Well, or they whatever. used, they used um, what was the boxing movie he was in? That was one of the themes for that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was uh, the John Krakauer book, Into Thin Air. Right, right, right. Yeah, well, John L. Clam- climbed that mountain. He didn't just read okay, a book. Okay, great. Michigan State's the best ever. Jesus Christ, let it go. Somebody's going to take um, the sign Dave, down over here. Dave, I was talking to somebody who worked for the Lions, and we, we got on to Indomitian Sioux, and he felt that Indomitian Sioux was very misunderstood. Would you would you say Indomitian Sioux is, is maybe the most misunderstood player you covered, or are there other ones that were maybe more misunderstood? I don't think he was misunderstood at all. I think everyone understood that his his purpose was to – he was an you asshole. Know, kick butt and be a good football player. He seemed but, like fans. Know, fans really felt like he was an asshole. I think that's really what he was about, and um, you know, uh, certainly he saw a path to do that in football, and he did it with the Lions and the contracts that he signed, and certainly off the field as well. So, um, I think you know, if you were around in Dominican Sioux, you understood that he was, you know, there was one goal really in his his mind. I mean, he, you know. Uh, it maybe he did come around and, and get closer to some people in the organization uh, after he was had been there for a few years. Um, a little introverted, I guess, that way. But no, I think I think Indomitian Sioux was uh, there was no doubt about what he was about. But I don't think fans really understood that because he came across as kind of a. I mean, his plays on the field, stomping on um, on quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, he came across as kind of an asshole. Running a woman well, off the road and not yeah, offering her yeah, a free car. That was an easy example. PR victory, and he just completely did not understand at all. Hey, those were great people to cover, too. So that's what I mean. Like, you know, people have this this uh, same thing where they think, like, I didn't like Ndamukong Sue or something. I, I love covering Ndamukong Sue. I thought he was a really good player, and I thought he was an interesting dude off the field, maybe because of some of that stuff. You know, I mean, he didn't certainly like answering some of those questions when I would approach him at the locker about, about that, but... Um, you know, I look, I, I have no problem with Ndamukong Sue. And, and like I said, one of the best, you know, defensive tackles, oh, um, yeah. I think this era, he's going to be in the hall of fame conversation. Did, do Lions fans completely understand? I, I think maybe they, they understood what he was about. Cause I think he's been written about, talked about so much, but I don't think they, you know, they want their players to be about their team and football and winning and them and, and that's not in Dominican Sioux and that's not a lot of players and so I think that's what's tough sometimes for fans to come to grips with 
Dave, what's it like to go up to a 300 plus pound guy who could probably bench press your car and say, uh, hey, uh, I'm here from the media to ask you why you're such an asshole or why you suck. I mean, what's that like? So, you know, I, I definitely had my moments with Ndamukong where I went up to him at the locker and he, you know, didn't want to, you know, one time I asked him about something, it was something that happened off the field. He told me to get out of his locker. And so I stepped back. So I was far enough out of his locker and asked him again, and he, you know, threw his hand down and walked off. And so I definitely had those, those moments, but um, again, honestly, like I, I enjoyed some of that interaction with Ndamukong and you know, some of the the stuff that happened on the field, like that's just part of the the story, you know, everyone's their own story. And so, you know, that being part of Indomitian, I don't, I didn't, you know, hate that. And, and I, I, I hope Lions fans would, would realize like, that's who he was. You know, there was no act to him with, with any of that, like that's really who he was. And so when I've had interactions with him since he's left, the Lions, they've all been, you know, pleasant. Like he's answered my questions at Super Bowls. And I'll tell you one other story. And and again, I'm not naive enough to think that, you know, there's there's not reasons for this. But at one point, you know, when Domican was, you know, he had some some issues that were going on off the field early in his career. And, you know, these are all minor issues by comparison to, to some things. But, you know, I got a phone call one day. I was holding my daughter. She's 11 now. And so this was this was, she was a baby and in my lap and I got a, a call from a Portland area code and, and I had no idea who it was. And I looked down and I was like, ah, oh, shit, what happened now? You know, did, did some, maybe this was like after Sue had an accident in Portland and, you know, there was something going on and I picked it up and it was him. And he was like, Mr. Burkett, this is Indomitian Sue. And I, I was like, whoa, you know, what, what's going on? And he, he wanted to, you know, he was going to be in town for a couple of days and he wanted to sit down and have some lunch. And because maybe to your point, Mark, he did think that he was a little misunderstood. And so again, I'm not naive enough. I know in this business, right. People are always out to, uh, you know, smooth the, the edges on their, their public, you know, persona a little bit. And we did not end up sitting down because I was going to be out of town during the, the days that he was in. Um, but you know, that, that just gives people a little insight into, you know, who and Sue was a little bit more that, um, you know, he knew how he was perceived. Maybe he knew who he really was and he, you know, wanted to, to soften that appearance a little bit. But at the end of the day, you know, he was a really good football player for the Lions. I thought he was a pretty interesting person. And obviously he's had a lot of success on and off the field. What would you say is, is the thing you've covered in your career that you've dealt with that would most surprise people who think they know something about sports or about journalism or about the Lions? Mm, wow, that's uh I don't know. I don't know that I have a really good answer for you there. I mean I Sean I think, Sean came know, up with that question. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, he must Sean. have. It was pretty uh, short. No, look, Ooh. I you know, I, I I mean I think, you know, um it's it's definitely a delicate balance, you know, sometimes when you're when you're reporting information, right? Like you may know things that you can't quite report. You know, and so you can hint at them a little bit, but I, again, you guys sort of know how this is, right? Where you, you know something well enough to know it's true, but, but maybe it's not quite reportable yet. You know, you need another source or you need some confirmation or, you know, somebody tells you something in confidence and they say, Hey, you know, I you can't report this quite yet. So, um, and I, I just say this because I remember one time having a conversation with one of my buddies and I'm not talking about injuries here specifically, you know, I'm talking about a lot more important things with that, than injuries, but you know, one of my friends, this was years ago, you know, he was talking about fantasy football and he was like, ah, you know, somebody reported this, but I don't believe it until the manager says it or, you know, that the coach says it. I forget what sport we were talking about. And I was like, no, no, listen, 
if a reporter is reporting it, you should probably believe it because we know a lot more than, you know, we, we can report at times. And so I think maybe people don't grasp that, that we're trying to get as much information as we can. Uh, and not all of it is for public consumption at the moment that you have it. What's your opinion on um, athletes that have to talk to the media? I mean, Marshawn Lynch is a famous example of, you know, you, the union and the league makes you talk to the media and do press conferences. And he sat there and said, I'm here so I don't get fined. How important is that to your job? Well, give the context quickly. Well, Naomi Osaka, the, the tennis player, is probably the most recent example. She didn't want to talk to the media. She gets fined 15000 and actually stepped away from the French Open uh, because, you know, they want they want players to – that's a little different because she's an individual. But they want players to talk to the media, but I, I don't know how you make somebody talk who doesn't want to talk. And it, the people I find that complain about it the most tend to be people in the sports media. <laughs> yeah, and just a little more context too, right? In the NFL, uh, you know, players are required to talk once a week and it doesn't always happen. And, you know, sometimes there can be hard feelings or there's a reason why, you know, guys don't want to talk. And sometimes it goes to the league and guys get fined, like you mentioned with Marshawn, a whole bunch of, there's a lot, there's a lot to that. But, you know, I, I understand, why, um, you know, people may not want to talk all the time or anytime. Um, and I do think there are things that give, you know, reporters a, a bad name, you know, so, some of it uh, not totally in their control, right? The Shannon Sharp thing with, with Julio Jones, when maybe Julio didn't know yeah. he was he was live, right? Like that's a, a reporter is not going to do that. An entertainment personality like Shannon Sharp may do that. Um, but ultimately, and I'll, I'll, I think Lindsey Jones, who's the president of the Pro Football Writers Association, tweeted this the other day. Um, there's, when you allow um open locker room access, when you mandate these interviews, I think it gives us, the people who tell these stories, um, you know, the access that we get allows us to get to know the person so much better and therefore tell their story. And when you, when you're, when it's only a press conference, when it's a Zoom press conference, when it's something that's, you know, um, you know, even if it's in person, you just, there's, there's not enough depth to really yeah. write anything substantial. And so you need some of that access, right? You need the one-on-one -on -one time with people to get to know them, to tell their stories, to allow the, the fan and the reader to get to know them better. So I think sometimes, um, even though I do understand why an athlete may not want to, um, you know, uh, do an interview, um, I think there there's a little bit of a short-sightedness to that because I think, allowing the reporter who's going to write about you anyway, some insight into your life um, and some real, you know, one-on-one -on -one time. I think that just opens it up for well, yeah, the depth, people to understand you better as a person. The depth will benefit them, but an actual, I mean, I can't tell you anything great that's come out of a real press conference, um, you know, post-game press conference from a coach or a player. They just tend to be phoning it in and saying, you know, bland things. Um, I don't know. That's just my well, opinion. Yeah, it, it's going to change. I'm, I'm curious what you think, too, Dave. I, I personally think it's going to change. It already has changed a lot because of social media because the athletes can go straight to their fans, right? And with and with Osaka, that's kind of that's kind of brought this up. Another part of this, too, is Europeans, a lot of Europeans think we're crazy in speaking to sports media in America because we go into the locker rooms. They don't. Yeah. I, I've covered an exhibition soccer match at uh, Comerica Park a few years ago. And uh, Zinedine Zidane, I think, who was the manager, he talked, and none of the players did, and the press 
that were covering that came from Europe said, no, we don't ever get access. The idea of walking into a locker room to them seems rude and invasive. And I wonder how much longer, especially with the pandemic, how much longer we're going to be able to do that. And, and I understand your point, and I agree, it does lead to better access uh, to some degree when you have that one-on-one and you kind of can have casual conversations off the record. But there might be other ways to do that because the idea of uh, walking and waiting for somebody to put their clothes on so you can ask some questions, I, I don't know how much longer that's going to last. Well, I think in Europe, the alternative they have is they get stalked on the street by people. So I, if I was an athlete, I'd say let's stick with the U.S. model as opposed to the European model. Well, you could set up. I mean, there are other ways to set things up. But the, to me, that's what this Osaka conversation, I mean, it, this has gone way beyond tennis, right? I mean, it's been the, the talk of the sports world the last couple of days. And I, I just am curious what you think, Dave, where this could be headed. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I have fears about where it's headed too. that we may lose some of that access. And, and you know, again, I, I, I understand, you know, especially, you know, given the, you know, the, the pandemic, you know, everything that that's come out since then. I'm, I mean, I understand there are reasons for it, but, you know, I, I think from the league standpoint too, if, in using the, the soccer model as a, as an example, I mean, the, it, yes, Mark, like you said, there's nothing, you know, great that comes from, you know, press conferences typically, and the same goes for soccer mixing zones, I, I presume. Mm-hmm. But the the power then shifts from the team being able to control the message in some way to the player, to that player's agent, to whoever the player is, is you know, uh, working for whatever product they're, they're trying to, to shill for, for a day, because those are the people then that make those those athletes available, right? Like if you have a good relationship with that player's agent or the marketing agent, um, I think those people become all the more important. And in the NFL and in most sports, I would think that they would want to consolidate that power or keep as much of that power as possible within the the teams. And, and so, um, you know, I, I think there are reasons for the, the leagues to want to uh, bring the model back. There are certainly reasons why we as reporters want to bring the model back. I think there are reasons for players too, as well, even though, you're right. Players can control their own message and do more than ever, you know, with, with social media nowadays. But, you know, the other side to that is that I think most fans are most people, I hope at least are smart enough to, to understand that, um, you know, that's, that's very one-sided, I guess, when, when those, you know, uh, those athletes have their own platforms and, and can release whatever information they want and only that information. Dave, what do you think about the feeling that's out there that, oh, you guys will never say anything negative about a team because you don't want to have your – it's probably more applicable to colonists, but you guys don't want to be cut off by the team because they have plenty of other resources they could use. Uh, yeah, no, I, I understand that. You know, there's certainly people out there that, that think that, but I would just say go and look what I wrote about the Lions the last, you know uh, – eight months, you know, I mean, it really, it was, uh, look, uh, I, you know, I just, to me, you got to write what you believe, you know, when it comes to opinions and columns and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's any secret to any Lions fans, right? Matt Patricia didn't like me too much, but my bosses did. And that's all that matters to me. Again, that goes back to my, I don't give, give a fuck, you know, quotient that <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be fine. You know, as, as I've heard reporters say this before, right. I've covered however many coaches before you. I'll cover however many coaches after you. I'm going to outlast you, right? I, I've definitely heard heard that approach to people, you know, that that reporters, that people in this business have. So it's just something that uh, you can't get to. Uh, you can't worry about what people say about your opinions, uh, good or bad. Uh, you can't worry about what teams, what, what people inside the building say, good or bad. Um, you know, certainly I don't agree with everything that's written about the Lions, you know, from, from columnists. 
but that's why you know, we're our own people. We all have our own opinions on things. And uh, believe me, I would never, uh, you know, hold information back, uh, you know, just to, uh, to appease somebody and, uh, in, in, you know, what they, the, the access they might give me. Well, it's, it's always, uh, it's always good to know when you're talking to a Lions coach that if you piss them off, that's a very temporary situation. That, that, that being the Lions coaching situation. No, that's a good point. By the way, real quickly, teams, Dave, we should say this to Mark's question. Teams don't cut access. Like they're governed by their, their league, so they can't just cut access because we don't want some. You, well, you know, not, a player okay. might not talk to you or whatever, but fans kind of have that wrong. They, and, they can make it difficult for people, though, to Well, get they don't the, pull their cards. They don't tell you you can't come in. They don't not give you the Zoom codes. They, they don't cut access in any way. They might not answer your question, but that's different. Yeah. yeah, no, Sean, Sean's right. And, and, you know, and there are certainly other ways that they can give more favorite access to somebody else, which may grind you a little bit more. And, yeah, like you know, one-on-one one with the general had, manager talks to people about that, but you know what, uh, you know, again, at the end of the day, like, uh, especially in football, right. If, if you offend one player, you know what, there's 52 others yeah. in the locker room. So it's not, it's not that big of a deal to me. And I'll tell you guys another story. All right. Dominic Riola one time, one of my favorite Love athletes him. to cover, yeah. but Dominic Riola got so angry about something. I don't, you know, I, I do remember what it was about, but it just, when I um, called him a dunderhead, he, there, there was one point in time where he, he like taped, I don't know what it was, you know, maybe like a four by eight foot square around his locker. <laughs> and for like a week, he was like, nobody comes in here. No media allowed in here. I don't want to talk to any of you guys. He was so upset about something. Right. <laughs> and so I, I get that. Right. Sometimes people need to breathe and they, they need space and they don't want to deal with something or they think something that you wrote was, was wrong or off base. But I love Dom because he also understood that that was part of it. Right. You could get mad or I could get mad. And then, you know, two days later, you can be like, you know what, uh, uh, I got to, you know, you blow it off, right? That's part of the job that I don't, just because I write something negative doesn't mean I hate you as a person or I hate what you're about or anything. It's just, that's part of the job. And I think, you know, we can, I can understand why someone doesn't want to talk to me if I write something negative and hopefully they can understand that when I'm writing something negative, that doesn't, that's not to demean them in any way. That's just happens to be my opinion on whatever happened on the field or off the field. Well, Dave, that's all well and good, but I wonder how you'd feel if that girls basketball team wasn't undefeated. Yeah. You know, uh, season is, is over right now. Uh, we did not have an undefeated year. We had our, you know, we did not play in our, uh, our league, our, our school year got canceled. So we had to go play somewhere else. But, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm fortunate that I don't have to go through a one and one and nine season with my girls or something mm. like that, and have to deal with all the negative questions that come from the media that cover six middle school grade <laughs> middle school girls basketball. Well, we're looking at uh, some comments on our Facebook live feed, and there's a uh, Burkett Jr. who's talking about regime change. Um, you can probably <laughs> you can probably review some of those comments uh, at your leisure. My daughter's at field day right now. She is not watching this. She's I got hope. a smartphone. These it's kids. Troll. These kids are everywhere, Dave. You got to know that. You got to know that. But uh, and n- nice cursing in front of your kid when the Damakong Sioux calls. I what kind of father are you? She was. She had to be like nine months. She had no idea. In fact, I almost dropped her. I was like, "Whoa!" Nice <laughs> childcare, Burkett. What are you, a Lions receiver? Yeah. Jeez, you didn't complete the fathering process on the kid just because some dude calls you from Oregon. <laughs> That's why I got to make it up to her now and, and coach her, her basketball team every year. So okay, well, trying to make up for past sins. That's that's fine. It's a lot of making up to do, but uh, it's okay. 
keeps you out of the memoir anyway. With Dave Burkett, Detroit Free Press, uh, beat reporter extraordinary guy who's willing to stand up to the big boys. And when I say that, I mean literally to the very large people and tell them that maybe they didn't have the best game. We appreciate you joining us here. How do people follow you? And of course, we, we really believe that everyone listening should subscribe to the Free Press and the news for that matter to support this kind of independent journalism, this fearless journalism, this tell-like-it-is journalism that sometimes we got to tell you what you, you don't want to hear, but but that's the way the truth works. Yeah, uh, support your local papers, freep.com for us. Uh, obviously, you can follow me on Twitter, but I really want you to follow Sean out there. Give Sean <laughs> a follow. I think you know he was talking about the uh, social media presence earlier, so let's make sure that S. Windsor, I think it is, right? <laughs> S. Windsor, is that what it is? On, it on is, Twitter? but I, I really don't tweet much. Occasionally, I tweet my column out because I'm told to by the uh, <laughs> by our bosses, Dave, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Twitter's not I'm really on Twitter thing. a lot, but uh, not as much as I used to be. Dave Burkett on Twitter. Oh, oh. Well, Dave, uh, there. thanks thanks for the great work. We'd love to have you on again uh, for that special Super Bowl edition. Um, uh, we just celebrated our 100th episode. Uh, if you're still around for our 900th episode, we will do yeah. that. So. <laughs> I was, I was thinking thousand. So, Hey, you beat me to it, but yeah, let's do it. We'll do it then. See, I'm one of those lions guys. Like Mark said, I hate the lions, but I'm still hopeful. So he doesn't hate him. He loves him. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Dave is what, is what Mike's trying to say. (laughs) You got it guys. Take care, man. (laughs) It's it's just a weird thing to have to, can you imagine every day after work to be interviewed about what happened? Oh, I I don't think it's that hard. I I don't think players, I, I think they, I think they could talk a little more, but I don't. Well, the players don't. It's kind of weird. The same players don't talk every day. The coaches sure do mostly. And the coaches are generally more interesting to, to talk to anyway, because they're the ones that are kind of in control and setting the strategy and they kind of answer. Well, like it. you said, your bosses make you tweet, right? And they want yeah. you to tweet. And yeah. How do you, how do you do that? How do you make somebody do that? Well, they just, I try to tweet the columns out occasionally and, uh, but you're right. They can't really make me be a funny, engaging, yeah. charismatic person. Yeah, they're not freaking magicians. Because I'm, not, because I'm none of those things, right? Obviously. Jesus Christ would have his hands full yeah, of Yeah, no, I'm just a, a fat, bald, uh, you know, kind of slob. So you're I'm not, never going to be those things bald. on Twitter. <laughs> um, and if you were, if you had more hair, I know where you could go. To oh, get yeah. Cut, that would be Lady Jane's. They can nice. uh, make you look and feel like a king. And they have a store in Brighton now. They have two stores in Brighton. This new one's on the corner of East Grand River and Whitmore Lake Road in front of Kroger. You can let one of their talented stylists give you an award-winning haircut, invigorating shampoo, hot lather neck shave, the hot towel treatment for just a great price. Don't procrastinate. Keep your hair looking its best. Get to Lady Jane's today and check out all the sites online, ladyjanes.com. It is wicked awesome. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Is- him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys. So at, at the risk of, of being accused of making a, a gratuitous Kilpatrick reference, I will say something Dave mentioned really resonated with me. Covering Dennis Archer, who I think was an outstanding mayor, was not nearly as exhilarating as covering a mayor who was... You know, a disaster. Yeah, you don't want you it know. to be boring, I would assume, right? Yeah, well, I mean, what's but it like? You're not rooting for bad things to happen, but you're just you know, more. You want, you want the challenge, right? You want you want something, you want to, I think most people get into journalism because they feel like their work will help make the world better. If you're covering somebody who's already making the world better, you're sort of like, what the hell am I doing here? 
You know, you're just kind of making hash marks on the wall. Um, was that Geek of the Week music I heard subliminally or, or no? No, it was nothing subliminal about it. So I did hear it. He just hadn't gotten to the Geek of the Week. Exactly. Yet. Okay. Sorry. Well, you know why? You know, I, I again, I want to try and be positive here. So before we get to our Geek of the Week, let me tell you about David Hall. Oh. Definitely not a geek. Nice. Very nice man. Nice. He uh, golf's left handed and right handed, all that other stuff. That doesn't really matter because the the key is he'll get you uh, he'll get you a mortgage at a super. So he can make money for you with both hands. Um, is yeah. what you're saying. He can help you make money hand over fist, perhaps, is what you're thinking. All right, fine, that's yeah. better. Okay, anyway, uh, mortgage just, just rates are them. still in the twos, okay. but I would not count on that lasting forever. So if you want to find out how much you can save by refinancing. Call David Hall at 248-308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. Talk to my man, Dan Morrison, or even Mr. Uh, Mr. Jameson uh, Quimby Bentley. Uh, some people know him as Jim, but uh, you, it's Mr. Bentley to you. Uh, if you want to go to their website, go to our website, mlsoulofdetroit.com. Hit that link. It will take you to the Hall Financial website. And they will help you figure out how you can start saving money every month on your refi. And, of course, you start saving immediately because while they process your paperwork, you get to skip a payment or two, which is pretty handy. So go to Hall Financial today, 248-308-5000, NMLS 146-7435. I always try and drag that out because I just like thinking about doing business with David Hall. I think I'm, I think I got it. Are you trying to to think about where you're supposed to go now? No, no, I'm coming up on 18 months. So I think it's just about time for me to refinance that last deal I did with them because uh, the rates are still low enough that it's worth it. But uh, from, uh, from the, uh, from the, uh, from the high and mighty to the down and dirty, we go to Viviana Keon, Keon. And I really, I put the pronounce, the phonetic pronunciation here too. I still blew it. Who is she? Who is that lady? Viviana Kiones. She is not a household name. But when she jumped up and punched a flight attendant in the face, knocking out two of her chiclets, she became just the latest example of an all-too-common phenomena. That's passengers who are going nuts on the people who bring you salted nuts. And if you're really nice, maybe half a can of Coke. Quinones was on a Southwest flight from Sacramento to San Diego when she apparently misunderstood the company's motto that you are now free to rain blows on the help. And she attacked a flight attendant. Transport Workers, Transport Workers Union Local 556 reported 477 such cases of passenger misconduct on Southwest alone between April 8th and May 15th. But they're not the only ones with a problem. The Federal Aviation Administration is reviewing 1,300 reports of unruly behavior since February alone. Now, uh, in the previous 10 years, they had 1,300. So it took them 10 years to get 1,300 complaints. We're talking about, uh, I don't know, four Four months. months. And we have 1,300. So uh, if you're on a plane, uh, these are hard jobs. The flight attendants are not paid very much. The hours can be brutal. The lifestyle can be very, very challenging. Can you not punch them in the face? Well, the punishment never seems to be big enough for these people that start shit up. Well, they usually get banned from that airline. But is that you fly another one? Yeah, exactly. You have a no fly list. I I'm all for giving a parachute. <laughs> Just saying, hey, 
You want to do whatever you want? Why don't you do it during the free fall? Speaking of which, did you guys see the video of the guy that jumped out of a plane at 24,000 feet without a parachute? No. And landed into netting? In the netting? Into netting. He landed into netting that was suspended off the ground and kind of. So this was a stunt. This yeah, wasn't just like this was a couple of days ago. No, he jumped out of a plane with no parachute and landed in netting from 24,000 feet. Huh. Anyway. I, I would like to do that if I could do that. Yeah. That sounds cool. Free fall? That, that would be awesome. Yeah, I was told by a couple of friends that that was it. crazy white people shit. Oh, that's racist. You know, that's what I was told. It's just so crazy it worked. <laughs> Has he done this before? I take it this is not somebody who just decided. Yeah, he's a he's a a thrill stunt guy type. But oh, uh, huh. but yeah, jumping out of a plane with no shoot. Anyway, back to your giving him <laughs> shoot diatribe. Yeah, Viviana Quinones. How about this? What the fuck is going on in the skies? You're our geek of the week. <laughs> Fight the real enemy, Spirit Airlines. Good work. And you can dance together all night. You've got the time. Need to remind everybody that overreaction is not the best strategy. If you want to be a long-term investor, so call our buddy Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Well, 248-663-4748. He's going to provide rational, rational financial advice. It's the best kind of financial advice you can get. What are you going to do with all your equities, your bonds? Where do you move money to? You got a 401k, 529. Do you even start a 529? Does your company have the right investments? He can do all that for you. Get advice. Get a strategy. Call Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Well, 248 663 Forty-seven, forty-eight. The market's down. Sell, sell. No, no. Luke wouldn't do that because he doesn't panic. He just makes it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned, and other entities and/or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Damn it! It is down just a little bit, but don't don't worry about it, folks. Yeah, don't overreact. I just told you that. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should have been listening. Um. Listen there, Kim caught my passing reference to Adamant the other day and pointed out that we haven't featured this new romantic new wave icon in room 7609. So she writes, I would like to give you, here comes the grump for a listen. Not just because he will make an obvious jokes about it being Sean's theme music. And she says, for the record, I don't agree. But because it's a great song, I especially like the overlapping melodies at the beginning of the song. So to keep Kim happy, and the Sean Windsor fan club listening. Here's Here Come the Grump by Adam Ant. Or Adam and the Ants. You have eight more seconds if you want to walk it up. Or little insects who rock and roll. In new wave music. That's more than eight seconds. Close to what 
from the early days of MTV, Goody Two Shoes. I was just going to say that's the only song I know is that terrible. Stand and Deliver is my favorite Adam Ant song. It's an excellent, excellent song. Stand and Deliver Your Money or Your Life. I like the guitar in that uh, song you yeah, played. Yeah, it's not a bad tune. Yeah, it's got that kind of, that sort of uh, like Dave Edmonds, uh, jangly, rockabilly sort of resonance. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to him? Uh, well, he's become an actor. And uh, he was a very, very pretty young man, very handsome, and uh, he was almost more of a, almost more of a, a fashion uh, symbol than a, an artist, a musical artist. Oh, just so, like artists today. So he he got into some movies. Um, I'm trying to think. He was in one where I think he was uh, like sort of a punky rebel type. You know, talk about stereotyping, hmm. but. Um, but he's playing music again. He he had this uh, this thing where when his first band, Adam and Ants, came together, they were doing pretty well. So he went to Malcolm McLaren, sort of the super producer of the punk new wave, new romantic movement in England at the time who uh, put together the Sex Pistols and a bunch of other things. And he said, you know, in a distinctly Marley Bone accent, 
which I won't even try and replicate, um, that uh, to the great disappointment of all, that he wanted Malcolm to produce his band. And instead, Malcolm McLaren stole his band and put them into Bow Wow Wow. And so they became oh, really? uh, they became the backing band for Annabella. I, I, yeah, the girl in Bow Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so Kim says that uh, they also used double drum kit for their drum heavy sound as well as really? bloop for Mark. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, I know what it means. Mark knows. Um, anyway, uh, she also points out something that we were trying very hard to not point out that that Annabelle was only 13 when she made those very uh, uh, steamy videos with mm-hmm. uh, Bow Wow Wow and I Want Candy. So uh, that was Malcolm's kind of a creep on on every level. But anyways, that is Adam and the Ants with uh, Here Comes the Grump. From a huge Sean fan, Kim, who says, I really enjoy the show. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Uh, How do we donate? (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, Sometimes sometimes less is more. This is the part Um, of the show where Sean just puts the the pedal of the metal. By the way, a small bit of trivia with Adam and his mother. Now he's purposely going slow. His mother once cleaned Paul McCartney's houses. Seriously? Oh, yeah. now that's nice. a bloop. good tidbit. That's a total bloop. So, yeah. So there you go. Okay. Um, yeah. If you want to contribute to the show, you can always suggest some great songs mean? for Room Seven Six Zero Nine. So what if his mom cleaned? Oh, whatever. Just a, I don't want. I don't want to go. It's yeah, a thirty-minute yeah. conversation. Yeah. You know, and and <laughs> how you know what are the odds that Sir Paul, as as Adam Ant's yeah, mother was cleaning his house, ever thought someday that bloke's going to be bigger than me? No, that's just coincidence. Yeah, I know, but I, the joke was that no, I know, I I understood the much joke. bigger not, than Paul yeah, McCartney. Of course, really didn't amount to much after. So how can we know? Just give us some money. We'll take it. Let's go. Okay. To, go I'd ahead. love the David Letterman ruffle in the paper trick, but you know, come on. <laughs> this is this is so I don't strangle people. Uh, this is to keep my hands busy so they don't cause crime. Uh, you can go to drewandmikestore.com and make a donation. Brant sent a generous donation with the following note. Keep the laughs coming. How about um, starting them? Thanks, I was going to say, yeah. Oh. He's obviously listening Good to one. A, an earlier Mark. edition of the show. <laughs> uh, Brandon also kicked in two more bags of cans, which are outstanding. They're helping cover the cost of the uh, skate that I started doing on Saturday mornings with uh, Drew and Mike and Solo Detroit listener Ryan. So uh, thank you, Brandon, for the funds. And Ryan, thank you for the skate. Uh, you can get your comments on the air. Just I feel like there was no context there as what? to well, Brandon donating. He cans. donated cans, yeah. It's it's he's donated in many ways. He donates the cans, which provides funds so I can play more hockey, and he also donates the garbage bags that the cans come in so I can save money buying garbage bags. I'm just trying to help save the earth. We're so cheap. One scroungy life experience at a time. Um, I don't think I was spotted returning cans this time, though, which is good. I, I, I changed <laughs> locations to try and uh, try and avoid becoming some sort of meme. Um, if you want to get your comments on the air, you can always attach them with uh, your donation. Just put a little note in your, your PayPal frame. And please, most importantly, let our sponsors know that you learned about them from listening to the show because that keeps them coming back. Yesterday was the very last day to get in on the Detroit Bikes Special Soul of Detroit 100th episode commemorative edition, a handmade, custom-built, in-Detroit bike. Uh, you can go to drewandmikestore.com and, and try and order one if you want, but we won't sell it to you. But you 
just try us. Um, we also still have plenty of good stuff there. Masks, gators. Oh, so passe. Keychains are still cool. T-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, hockey jersey stickers, signed Kwame Sutras, all kinds of groovy swag there. And um, we would appreciate if you'd subscribe to the show, share the show, rate the show. But most of all, just, just love the show because we're feeling a little unloved. Um, last week, Chloe wrote from West Village, what is the city going to do with that $879.6 million oh, yeah. in COVID relief from the funds? Well, Chloe, as it happens, that very evening, Mayor Duggan held the first of 25 meetings to discuss with residents how the city should spend that money. And he laid out his plan, which calls for spending $100 million to fight intergenerational poverty, $100 million to improve neighborhoods, $100 million on parks, recreation, and cultural resources, $50 million on public safety, $50 million to reduce the digital divide, or as Kilpatrick would have called it, deleting the digital divide, and $26 million to assist businesses with grants, facade improvements, and off-street parking. I was uh, able to participate in that meeting, and I'll tell you, $26 million to support businesses in the neighborhoods does not seem like nearly enough. But there will be 24 of these meetings. If you want to find out more, go to DetroitMI.gov backslash ARPA, A-R-P-A, which I believe is the American Relief Plan of America, something like that. But uh, check it out. Uh, These are easy to participate in. Some will be in person. Some will be virtual. You can call in. You can Zoom in. And they will take your question, and you can have your voice heard. So please, if you're a Detroiter and you want to make sure that we get this money spent in the best way, be heard on that issue. Uh, Michelle wrote and asked Sean for a copy of his Don Williamson story. Did you ever send that to me? I did. You did? Really? I did. Wow. Did she respond? She did. She read it, and then... um... Cancel her subscription. Yes, she did. No, she was very (laughs) kind in her response. And then she suggested another piece, and it's I can't escape uh, the, the the Detroit News that done. So, but no, it was uh, yeah, that was nice of her. Look at Sean. Uh, you were totally expecting to bust him, weren't you? Oh, I absolutely. Like, I went and uh, I went into Mich- Lexus Nexus and Michelle uh, and, dug it, and dug it out. Is that I another? Was, is that another Paul McCartney reference? Wow, that's was, a lot of work. I was curious too, you know. <laughs> It, it's not as, yeah, in my mind, it was one thing, and I read it, or at least part of it. I was like, eh. Yeah, so, you know, actually. But, so she was probably just being nice. Yeah, now that I think about it, Sean, I don't want you promoting the show. Uh, this week's episode, I thought, was pretty good. No, the podcast, to it, no the podcast is lovely and fun and great. It's just, but it's you and Mark. I'm just kind of a tag along. Stop it. If I do my own thing, then it's, you know, horseshit. No, I don't so think that's true. I I'm think, happy to promote y'all. If anything, I would say maybe too many tag alongs. So, um, you mean skin tags, milk duds? No, the, the, the Girl Scout cookies. Oh, yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, delicious. Uh, well, we we uh we uh challenge readers to help Sean extricate his great work from the archives. Uh, you can find it at freep.com. And uh, I, I, I know I say this only to be disappointed, but do we have any really cool voicemails? From, uh, nothing for air. From people. We'll talk about it afterwards. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, no, dear. no, no. People that just. Oh, boy. Well, you can call 313. Why, why do you automatically go to the negative? Well, if it's not for air. I mean, we put some crazy shit on here. That's got to be pretty bad. Uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's just not. They have questions for you regarding other things that aren't for the podcast. 
So but you it, automatically went to the negative to thought it was bad. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we don't want to bore people with our backstage bullshit nice attitude, man. They're just after me cans <laughs> so, and blue diamonds. Okay. <laughs> no, <sighs> it, it, it read so much funnier on the page. Um, uh, endorsements are rolling in for the ML for Detroit uh, candidacy. We will be posting the latest news, major, major endorsement. On our social media, you can follow really? my campaign at ML number four Detroit. Oh, yes. Huh. Big. The first of three major endorsements will be rolling out. Uh, you can follow me on social media uh, at Elric and then ML Elric on Facebook. But uh, if you want to get the latest on the campaign, you can go to ML number four Detroit on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can find out what's going on with the campaign. And there's ways for you to get involved. We did a major cleanup a couple of weeks ago. We're looking to do another one. And we would love to have. You oh yeah, involved. I didn't know that. I forgot about that. Yeah, I was actually trying to talk about it before, and I was shouted down. And instead of standing strong oh, to help please. inspire and bring what people together for positive change, I allowed myself to be bullied. And oh, I, I more grievance, that. more grievance, grievance everywhere. I regret that. But, uh, <laughs> so. As Jordan Peterson says, "Sort yourself out, Bucko." Who's Jordan Peterson? Is that the guy who killed his wife? He's the Canadian academic psychiatrist yeah. who's beloved by a lot of folks on the right. Oh. Um, but that's his thing. Sort yourself out, bucko. So sort yourself out. I'm glad to see where you're getting your wisdom these days. Yeah. Uh, what's the latest with Tucker and uh, Sean and the boys? <laughs> and by that, I mean Laura Ingram. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um Speaking of Tucker, uh, he's got a pal with a show on the network, Mr. Charlie LaDuff. You should check out his No BS News Hour. And if you have, you know, five seconds to spare, let me tell you the story of my life. Um, if you have three hours to spare, let me tell you what's going on with the Drew and Mike podcast, which is huh. every day on the Red Shovel Network, except on the days when they're not. So uh, check that out. And um, since Dave Burkett's gone, it's probably... We're way overdue to tell Cyrus to take us out. There you go. So, Cyrus, <laughs> if you don't mind, put us out of our misery. Can you dig that? Can you Nothing dig Nothing like finishing strong. Yes. Can you <laughs> right through the tape. Any given Tuesday, a hero will rise. Take me a believer. And on any given Tuesday. Tradition will be broken. He's changing the intros. Just does what he likes. You run the plays, I call. I've been warming the bench the whole time I've been in the pros. I don't plan on going back. You're a king in your own mind. He may sell a lot of t-shirts, this kid. But he's tearing his team apart. Well, then you hold it together. Fuck it off. Why the hell do you think my father put me in charge of bullheaded moron? You got old. No intensity. No victory. Where the hell is your intensity? ML. Any given Tuesday, podcasting is a contact sport. Drop the boogie.